Welcome to the latest podcast from the Plastic Surgery Journal Club. Each month we review an appraiser journal article, typically from PRS, and summarize it for you in this podcast. The full journal can be obtained from the PRS website. Welcome back to the August 2017 Plastic Reconstructive Surgery Journal Club. Coming to you from Sydney, Australia. I'm Damien Marucci. I'm here with James Doherty. We are talking, the next paper is Improving Result in Closed Nasal Reduction, a Protocol for Reducing Secondary Deformity. This is by Faber et al. out of uh, St. Louis, Missouri. And this is from the January 2017 PRS. So James, what was this paper about? This paper is really about improving outcomes post-close reduction of nasal fractures and it's an approach to operative and post-operative management. The background to this is that nasal fractures constitute the largest proportion of facial fractures annually in the United States. However, they are often neglected due to perceived insignificance in and in the setting of other larger injuries. Closed nasal reduction itself in the acute setting is ideally performed within one to two weeks. And this is the preferred method of reducing secondary nasal abnormalities after nasal fractures that require intervention. The problem with the secondary nasal abnormality is that it carries a significant morbidity and cost to correct, but after closed reduction of nasal bones, the literature present literature says that there's about a 14 to 50% rate of needing some sort of secondary correction. The study type is a retrospective chart review of cases performed by a single surgeon and the patients are over 10 years from 2006 to 2015 there was a sequence of 90 patients who underwent closed reduction of nasal bones. Unsurprisingly there was a male to female ratio of 2.2 to 1. The surgical technique is the main part of this paper and it's more of a technique of approaching the patient with the fractured nasal bones in the office, then in the operating room, then in the clinic afterwards. He's divided it down into eight steps and I'll run through them now. The first is an adequate preoperative examination for operative planning with a proper external and internal examination of the nose. The second point they make is that you need to look for the presence of an avulsion of the upper lateral cartilage from the nasal bones as this is something that a closed reduction of the nasal bones isn't actually going to fix. Third, in the operating theatre they use alpha-1 agonist soaked pledgelets to, to pack the nose for 10 minutes and this is to reduce the bleeding from mucosal manipulation. Fourth, a boy's elevator is inserted into the nares and drawn anteriorly in both sides, underneath the nasal bones. This is done sequentially in both sides of the nose to reduce the fracture, the first part of the fracture. Fifth, a lateral canting of the boy's elevator is used to reduce collapsed bony segments. Sixth, an ash septum forceps is applied sequentially, inferiorly to superiorly, to reduce any fractured septum. And this is then followed with the application of Doyle splints, which are sutured in place to help treat a fractured septum. Seventh, they pack with Vaseline-soaked gauze directly under the nasal bone. This develops an outward pressure on the fracture fragments. Then, eighth, they put glue, steri-strips and a Denver splint externally to compress against the outward, the outward bowing nasal bones and hold the reduction in the right place. Post-operatively, if the patient has been packed, they give oral antibiotics and they remove the Vaseline gauze packing in clinic at 72 hours. 
part of their protocol is that they come back one week post-operatively and the Denver splint is removed. At this point, they are set, assessed for a secondary deformity. If there is a secondary deformity present, the direct pressure is applied with the pad of the thumb and some pain for the patient until symmetry is regained. This is then repeated in the mirror by the patient for two weeks until there is no tenderness. The Doyle splints, if in place for a septum fracture, are removed at two weeks. So the measures they used in this study were secondary deformity requiring manipulation and secondary, secondary deformity requiring an open revision surgery. Statistics weren't presented, it's just percentages only. So results, they had 90 patients with Rorick type fracture types one to four who underwent closed reduction of nasal bones. Rorick type five, that's nasoethmoidal fracture patterns, were excluded from this study. The mean age was 24 plus or minus 15 years and a male to female ratio of 2.2 to one. Secondary deformity was present in 15.6% of patients. That's 14 out of the 90. Of this subgroup, nine of the 14, so 64.3%, had resolution of the secondary deformity with external manipulation only. 5.5% or five of the original 90 patients underwent an open revision operation. Conclusions from this study. Following the seven steps detailed above, closed reduction of nasal bones can be systematic and deliver consistent results. Manual manipulation of secondary deformity post-closed reduction of nasal bones may reduce the need for an open revision operation. The good things about this paper, it's a systematic approach to patient assessment the closed reduction in theatre and the patient's aftercare. This is a treatment algorithm for the early detection and manipulation of secondary deformity to avoid further surgery. So problems with this study. Well, there's no comment on the quality of the initial reduction and there's no comment on the aesthetic outcome, either patient reported or an independent observer. The follow-up figures weren't given and the attrition rate, the turning up at the one-week follow-up and the five-week follow-up are unknown. There's also no severity scale or objective measure of the severity of the fracture and whether or not in Rorick type one to four fractures, this technique is more effective. The take-home message from this paper. First, assess for avulsion of the upper lateral cartilage, as a closed reduction is not going to resolve a deformity resulting from this. Second, closed treatment can, of a fractured nasal bones can be a straightforward process, but you need careful planning and an early post-op follow-up at one week with manual manipulation of the nose whilst it's still healing to minimise the number of secondary deformities requiring an open revision. Look, uh, thank you very much. That was an excellent summary of the paper. I really don't have anything to add. I think uh, uh, for those trainees out there or even those uh, consultants out there who up till now have just sort of done what I've been doing, just sort of shoving an elevator up there and just trying to get it as straight as I can, this certainly gives a much more systematic, comprehensive approach uh, to nasal uh, fracture reduction. This is often the first uh, type of facial fracture that a uh, a, a surgical trainee or a plastic surgery trainee will be allowed to do completely unsupervised on their own. And I think a paper like this really gives you uh, an excellent uh, algorithm to use and a process, stepwise process to follow in order to hopefully give you the best possible result and minimise uh, complications from the fracture. Thank you. Thank you for listening. 
For more of our podcasts, head to soundcloud.com or subscribe to us on iTunes and search Plastic Surgery Journals. Remember to like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. Thanks also to the PRS Journal team for their ongoing support.